Um, I'm delighted to welcome up our next group of speakers to the stage. We have something really fun for you now, which is a live podcast that in a very meta way is going to be also podcast by Jeff Wood on the Overhead Wire. So double podcast here. I'm thrilled to welcome up to the stage Katrina Johnson Zimmerman, who is an urban anthropologist and the director of Think Urban in Philadelphia, and Kristen Jeffers, who's the founder and editor-in-chief of The Black Urbanist, um, who together make up Third Wave Urbanism, a podcast that I encourage you all to check out and add to your uh, list of podcasts that you listen to while commuting. And they are going to interview our own Sky Duncan, who I'm sure you all want to hear more from after that great series of introductions. Um, so we're going to get some chairs up to the stage here, and please join me in welcoming our live podcast, Third Wave Urbanism. So good afternoon, Chicago. Thank you. Good afternoon, NACTO 2017. Hello. Oh, wait, I didn't tweet yet. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kristen, you introduce us. Oh, well, welcome to Third Wave Urbanism. Uh, Woo! <laughs> this is a show we have been doing for over a year to really bring home the things that we, you all do every day, in addition to just talk openly and honestly about the changes that our cities are going through, and also just the resilience that's happened in a lot of cities. Again, I'm Kristen Jeffers, and we are honored to be here at NACTO 2017. We're honored to talk to Sky about her work at NACTO. And really, let's just, let's just get into the first question. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you so much for having us. Thanks for um, having me. If you've never listened to an episode before, we do often have people on uh, to talk about their work or their articles. Um, mostly women and other voices you might not be hearing in the world of urbanism podcasts. And we really wanted to start this as women to put our perspective um, on, those, on those issues. So Sky, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is fun. <laughs> this is my first live podcast. So yeah. It's very cool. So we would like to start with um, asking you to introduce yourself, who you work for, what you do, and um, what you've got going on. Sure thing. Uh, so my name is Sky Duncan. Uh, I'm the director of the Global Designing Cities Initiative at NACTO. And uh, we were created about three years ago by Jeanette Sadiq Khan, kind of as a, as a global arm of the national and North American work that's been uh, happening here. And we were funded by Bloomberg Philanthropies Initiative for Global Road Safety. And for us, our first kind of very daunting task uh, was to take the incredible design guides that NACTO has produced for the North American context and to adapt that and to try and figure out what that means to create a global street design guide. So of course there were many times where I was questioning how on earth we were ever going to do this. Um, no pressure. But exactly. So um, I really realized the incredible power of the network of many people here today in the room in the network of NACTO and so what we wanted to do was create a, a global network and so we had expert representatives from over uh, 40 countries and 70 cities kind of contribute to that as a publication so it's something that their name is in they can start to make sure that it's a practical tool for their cities and their context and that it can sit on their shelf on a daily basis and they can use it to advocate uh, to local communities and city officials so that was kind of our big first task and then we once we completed that, uh, we now give technical assistance to five city governments around the world. So mm -hmm. Fortaleza in Sao Paulo in uh, Brazil, Bogota mm -hmm. in Colombia, uh, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, and Mumbai in India. So we, and there we, we really do kind of a mixture of kind of 
the non-sexy stuff around policy and design guidance and mobility plans and safety plans and that kind of thing. Um, a lot around capacity building. So if we're going into these places and asking people to reimagine their streets and ask what's possible, we have to understand that many people have been spending you know, 20, 30 years trying to answer a question of how do we move as many cars as possible and we're now coming and saying, listen, actually you have to say, how do we move as many people? So we do a lot of trainings and capacity building and then we spend a lot of time out physically on the street uh, it, doing interventions and transformations and collecting metrics around that to show the impact of these types of projects. Yeah, we saw you in those photos, getting your hands yeah, dirty. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Very <laughs> often, uh, wonderful photos. Again, you're, if you're watching or listening, you can't see these photos, but we're going to post some of these on the show notes, so if you're listening at home. And really, at uh, this point, we get, I'd like to really dig into what makes you do this, just uh, personally. Uh, for those of you who are new to the show, I talk a lot, and Katrina does as well, about why we do this on a personal level. And actually, since we're here in a crowd, let's do some, a little bit of crowd participation. Uh, how many women are here? Women identify. We are, we are inclusive here. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many of you are caretakers of children, either your own children or your, the cool aunt or you've been... Yeah, nieces, nephews. Yeah. What? Okay. Caretakers. Okay. Anybody? How about you for parents? with actual children. Actual parents. Real children, not fake children. <laughs> or, 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 or puppy parents or puppy parents. parents or whatever. Just again, what essentially for us, this is we think about how we interact with the city daily. We think about our barriers, our, our hopes and dreams for the city, and that's what we try to bring to the show. So we're going to ask Sky to talk about why she's doing this from a more personal level. Well, I mean, I think I've always just had an uh, incredible passion for public space and streets. And I, you know, I, it sounds cheesy, but I see them as the heart of our neighborhoods and communities. And That's it's, not it's, cheesy. Uh, That's true. It's uh, <laughs> cheesy and true. Um, but it really is kind of the, the part of our cities that bring us all together, no matter what our income or background and where we get to kind of cross paths with other people. And, you know, it, it, how we design that. So I'm an architect and urban designer originally, but so I understand that importance of how we design our public spaces in terms of what that means, then who can access it and, and how they can access their cities. And so, you know, I've, I've done a, my backgrounds in, in kind of urban design and city mm -hmm. policy and working in city government. Mm -hmm. uh, but when I was asked to kind of come and set up this global arm focusing on streets, it really just seems like a wonderful opportunity to look at how do we make our cities as accessible as possible. And, you know, this is a global issue, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it, mm -hmm. it doesn't really matter whether, you know, everyone kind of says, well, how on earth are you going to do this, you know, in Addis Ababa and yeah. Paris and New York City? Like, how do you make design strategies that make sense for all of these different places? But, you know, fundamentally, it comes down to the human being. And yeah. we, yeah. no matter what accent, we always joke about our different accents in our team, <laughs> yes. accents and languages mm -hmm. and skin color, mm -hmm. and, you know, we're all roughly-ish mm -hmm. the same size, and we have the same human senses. And mm -hmm. so... You're speaking my anthropology language right now, Sky. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that fundamental kind of need and desire to put people first um, mm -hmm. and design great places for people. I think is it you know is what drives me every day in, in doing this work and I think now that we're starting I know today we, you know you're here wanting to talk particularly about children mm -hmm. and so as we've 
embarked on this work and uh, in the Global Guide, one of the premise behind that is to flip or invert the kind of very outdated hierarchical pyramid uh, that has been governing our streets, mm -hmm. where our car has been king mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. for way too long. Mm -hmm. And so what we now say is that, you know, the pedestrian is now the queen or king of the space mm -hmm. and that in particular, our elderly and our people with disabilities and fundamentally our children must be the first, must be the lens through which we make all of our design and policy decisions mm -hmm. uh, to make sure we're making a healthy and sustainable and, and equitable city. So we're excited now to not only have the Global Street Design Guide, but to um, now kind of start to delve starting next year into mm -hmm. a, a supplement to that called Streets for Kids. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, I basically, like many of you in this room, have been fascinated with just everything from how trains come into stations and I've been I've been cycling since I was younger but I also had a break in time where I felt not, I didn't feel safe on the streets so I put my bike away and now as an adult I'm like well can't what could I do to make that better like how can we make this environment better for all kids why should kids have to not do things why should it be horrible to have to walk to school you know I again I grew up in the US Southeast where it's cars king and you know you still kind of get your license at 16 and you know not having it at 16 is like oh well I guess I won't be doing a lot you know I'm not gonna be you know I'm not the cool kid definitely not the cool kid now you know there's there's no car involved but essentially I think it's good that there's some documentation mm -hmm. that because again people look to the NACTO guides as what you need to do like it's universally agreed upon this mm -hmm. is what we do and having a guide that's specifically children related is awesome because again you will probably build these uh, infrastructure pieces and then you will inspire children and then turn around 20, 30 years later, they will be embarking on projects like we did. So mm -hmm. this, is, yeah. this, this is where it starts. It really does start with when you walk out the door, what, your, what our children will see and the environment they will be involved in and being able to be interactive and mm -hmm. you know, active. But also, um, I kind of want to make sure we, especially in light of the Within the recent weeks, we've had a lot of conversations about women's safety mm -hmm. in streets. You know, what do you think specifically your work will do? Uh, again, you've got the streets guide mm -hmm. for kids, but thinking about women specifically, how do you think your work will impact this, just the women, the environment for women, you know, street harassments and all the things we've been hearing about, unfortunately, at least in the Hollywood world and yeah, it's in the pretty, real world. Yeah, pretty scary. And yeah. I think, you know, I was thinking about it, it's like sad how unshocking the yeah. reaction yeah. to a lot of yeah. that was, yeah. you know, and I think probably every female in this room and maybe some of the males as well, but, you know, have almost take it for granted that a lot of those experiences are given, particularly when we're out on our streets and in our public transportation. And, you know, I, I think we've got a lot of the same strategies that we're using to fight for great streets and public transportation for everyone is going to make it better for females. Um, I think we, you know, we, we see some very specific strategies, you know, whether it's in uh, Delhi or different parts of the world where they take public transportation systems and then put like women only cars yeah, and that. Yeah. And it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's an interesting idea, certainly. And I think it's obviously very well intentioned and mm -hmm. may kind of act like a quick fix. Mm -hmm. But um, I think sadly, it's not really getting to the heart of the issue that that behavior right. is okay. <laughs> 
And um, so I think, you know, it's, I mean, while it's great to be here with you guys, mm -hmm. it's, you know, kind of sad that we have to have a specific panel or discussion around mm -hmm. designing cities for yeah. women and then for children in that matter. So, you know, I'm excited about the day where it doesn't have to be a special panel, mm -hmm. that this idea of kind of fighting for the basic rights so that every child and every woman and every person with disability has equitable access to their city and mm -hmm. all of the different mm -hmm. uses and activities within that. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm excited that we're embarking on this work, but I'm yeah. hoping that we essentially end up making these conversations redundant in the long yeah, term. Yeah, and yeah. again, even, even as I said that, I was like, oh, crap, I just kind of shifted this back into just the women-only <laughs> thing, even though we've definitely seen men, you know, straight men, queer men who've had, had been caught up in these allegations. So, again, just making it so that when we're out in the common areas, we interact in a certain way. And when we're moving to and from mm -hmm. places, we feel like we can do that in a way that's, you know, positive. Yeah. yeah. And we, and we basically, some, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. But we also had an episode before on that, the, the train cars mm -hmm. and, and yeah. transit in particular, because I think when we're talking about this issue, it's so easy to get caught up in like two major things. Safety and transit in terms of being alone in stations, uh, if they're dark, and then just lighting in general, lighting on streets, in public spaces, and so on, for women and children in particular. And it's like such a quick fix in most people's minds, I think, that it doesn't really go to the root. It doesn't, you know, a woman-only train car is great for a moment, but what's the underlying issue there you know is it our right to be in space in general is mm -hmm. it literally mm -hmm. just you know that some people have a problem with that and that's really sad yeah. <laughs> that that's the case and so. a lot of cultural you know differences yeah. play into this globally when we look at these issues as well mm -hmm. and, you know i mean like saudi arabia right? right like women are only just allowed to drive in the last few months mm -hmm. so, right. mm -hmm. um i think you know we've got a long way to go there's some great efforts um happening but you know it's exciting you start to see i think cities like sydney and australia um are using like the number of women cycling mm -hmm. uh you know as kind of a measure of of how healthy their cycling environment is mm -hmm. um so it's it's great to kind of think about again the equitable access of, of public space and you know going back to the children aspect of it I think one thing that's really fascinating is that we often we often think about children and we think about school kids right mm -hmm. and our partners for the streets for kids work mm -hmm. uh, Bernard Van Leer Foundation and Fear Foundation uh, we've been chatting to them about making sure that we're really starting at the outset of pregnancy mm -hmm. and so what are the needs mm -hmm. in the daily routines mm -hmm. of a city and the streets for a woman who's pregnant and then from every aspect of the zero to three for mm -hmm. a woman breastfeeding, you know, mm -hmm. if you're in a hot climate and you're out in the city, mm -hmm. you need somewhere to sit down and you mm -hmm. probably need to be able to sit under a tree mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, you need to be able to push a stroller or a pram, depending mm -hmm. which yeah. part of the world yes. you're from. <laughs> and that comes down to a very basic need that mm -hmm. a lot of people in this room make decisions around is making sure you put a, a ramp in the sidewalk. And it mm -hmm. sounds ridiculously simple, but it's shockingly sad how many times mm -hmm. and how many different corners of the world if you happen to get a sidewalk, yeah, they don't even put <laughs> it around, a so they <laughs> can't use that. And mm -hmm. those little moves are obviously going to help very young children, and they're going to help women, and they're going to help people with disabilities. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea is to kind of culminate this stuff into some very practical moves that cities can do. So if they start to say, okay, cool, we care about this, we realize it's an issue and we want to make it happen, how do we give some practical guidance of the how-to mm -hmm. uh, to get that on the ground? And mm -hmm. One of our partners at Bernard Van Leer, actually, you know, and I, I learned this from her, she was saying that 
uh, as a baby, right, our brains, and they're, so they're experts in early childhood development and they focus on the kind of zero to five, but also all the needs of the caregivers and so forth. But as a baby, the connections that are made in our brains, a few months ago they thought it was 700 connections a second, and they've now just got new research coming out that it's a million Whoa. connections every <laughs> yeah. second in our brain as mm -hmm. a baby. So as our cities around the world are urbanizing, and more children are living their young lives mm -hmm. in urban environments, mm -hmm. the decisions that we make as policymakers and urban designers and architects and transportation planners and engineers, um, you know, are impacting how healthy mm -hmm. those connections mm -hmm. are. And they, you know, they, to use their term, they say whether it's kind of surviving or thriving. Yeah. Yeah. And that really, how we can have an impact can, can set someone up for life. So, you know, it's, it's very meaningful work, I think, to, to try and make great cities and great streets for kids, of course. Yeah. Absolutely. I love this theme around like, so some people who listen to the show in full disclosure, my own project, which Kristen is helping me on, is um, called the Women-Led Cities Initiative. And so we're starting this up um, soon and then in January with the Knight Foundation in Philadelphia where I live, um, and then hopefully spreading it beyond that. But one of the major themes that I keep finding is this idea where, you know, if you plan for everyone, mm -hmm. you run the risk of planning for a few because of who is doing the planning. Mm -hmm. If you plan for women and girls or children, then by extension, you end up reaching out to all of these other groups that are also normally not represented and are marginalized and, and whatever else. And so this is like the, the theory behind it, you know, when you plan for women and children, you plan for everyone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how can we get that at the top of mind for people that are in charge um, and get more women and youth, like you said, not just you know young children, but also that mid-range that's often left out of the conversation. Mm -hmm. How do we yeah. get them to the table also not only being planned for, but leading the design itself, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, mm -hmm. and involving kids, you know, we kind of start saying, you know, it's like designing for kids, but also with them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we yeah. start to see really cool examples around the world. I was just home in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they, at a conference and the Commissioner for Children's Services or something uh, was presenting a video where they had invited young children to kind of uh, define sustainability and what mattered to them and present back, you know, mm -hmm. so these seven, eight, nine-year-olds nice. were presenting mm -hmm. back mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. the Commission to say this is what matters to us. And, it, you know, it's, it's just so refreshing to, mm -hmm. we forget to ask mm -hmm. at that young age. And yeah. it's great. Yeah. These kids are saying, well, listen, the decisions you're making mm -hmm. are impacting my life in mm -hmm. the future, so you should be listening to me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some, you know, fun, fun ideas coming out of that. Um, but I think you're right. As we, as we try and design for children and, and women, and, and I would add in people with disabilities, that we can essentially make our, our cities for everyone. And I think that's a, a huge goal but we've, we've certainly got a long way to go. Mm -hmm. One yeah. day this will not exist and we'll all be very happy. We yeah. won't be up here talking about this. <laughs> as much, and, but we can, I feel like we will come to a point where we will celebrate like the differences. Like I'm looking at the uh, images that we have and again, if you're at home listening, we've got lots of images of children all over the world playing hopscotch, interacting with street furniture and doing really cute things just out on the streets. You know, for me, as a black American, I think about how there are a lot of neighborhoods with children that look like me. And honestly, I, I had restrictions on where I could play when I was growing up. I couldn't play in the front yard because we, even though there were, I had parents that were willing to look out and my backyard, and we had a backyard, uh, was a safe haven 
we had to have a special place to be. We weren't mm -hmm. able to use the streets because, again, there was a concern for safety. Mm -hmm. Getting to a point where we cannot, we don't have to have a safety conversation, getting to a point where you know, we can find a balance between over-policing, over-harassing, assuming the worst of people in public spaces, but reopening our streets and, you know, creating, assuming that any street could be a wound nerf and be accessible for everybody. I'd, I'd love to get us to that point. And again, I'd love to have us telling the stories of all the wonderful things we get to do. And some of those things may have a basis in culture that may be different, or it may be, it may have been born out of just the fact that, you know, in, there are streets that, you know, a, a person of my lineage may have not been able to purchase on 30 or 40 years ago. But getting to the beauty of creativity, you know, having, say, folks playing the djembe and folks like doing jump roping in the street and kids mm -hmm. riding their bikes and nobody's coming by to take them. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, this, but, and again, assume not as, automatically assuming that's the only story for a black neighborhood because there are plenty of stable black American Latinx neighborhoods in the states and in stable neighborhoods across the world that may not have a lot of financial you know advantages but they're they're playing and yeah. they're doing things mm -hmm. and and I you know I it'll think be codified in your guide that you can make these things and you can pull them in under whatever your city codes are that you have. yeah and we, we, you know, we certainly hope, we say in the Global Guide, to make this information accessible enough so you can inspire leaders, mm -hmm. right, get the big picture stuff happening, mm -hmm. inform practitioners with the mm -hmm. very practical how to do this, uh, but also empower communities to mm -hmm. know what to demand and ask of their spaces. And, you know, as we think about streets for kids around the world, it's very easy for us to take for granted some of the basic safety and accessibility mm -hmm. issues, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that in many contexts, they literally do not even have a sidewalk for someone mm -hmm. to walk on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what mm -hmm. we're saying is that, of course, you want it to be uh, safe and accessible mm -hmm. to start with, then make sure it's comfortable and enjoyable, right? Mm -hmm. So you're not going to die to start with when you cross the street mm -hmm. or in your That's neighborhood. Mm -hmm. That you then have somewhere to kind of sit down in some shade mm -hmm. and breastfeed or take a rest, mm -hmm. and it's multi-generational in that sense. But then also looking at how do we make it inspiring and educational as well to really get to that kind of element of joy in our cities. And I think, you know, as designers, this is where a lot of the innovation of people here in the room mm -hmm. can come into play to make sure all of those three things are coming together um, as we kind of make design decisions and poli policy decisions in our cities. Awesome. So it's up to you. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> as we wrap up here Passing this afternoon. the responsibility. Yes. <laughs> Again, as we wrap up this afternoon, is there one project that's on the ground in particular you want people to pay attention to? Oh, look, there's millions. The, uh, one of the ones, one of the ones uh, actually, and I, you know, one. I was just presenting on this a little earlier. The project in Cidade Rosmil in Fortaleza in the north of Brazil, mm -hmm. where we just transform, we work with the city there to transform a kind of a, a basically a car park area um, into kind of a, a new central public space. Um, and, you know, the results were awesome. People were petitioning to not make it a 10-day thing, but to make it permanent. Mm -hmm. The mayor's now looking at making it a program throughout the city. But it was some of the stories that came out from a lot of the local business owners that said, I've only ever seen like bar fights out in this space before. I've never seen a child play well, yeah. in this space. Wow, and yeah. they were gobsmacked. I don't, well, yeah. I don't know if you use that term, but you know, <laughs> well, yeah. like shots. Um, <laughs> 
to see that. And I think that's just really powerful, right? A, a sign to kind of say that, you know, we can do these things and to, to make a difference and really start to change people's hearts and minds about the role of our street and our cities. Awesome. Well, Sky, I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Was, yes. Thank do you. Do we have any questions? Does anybody have any questions? Just in case. I know they've got mics. Just in case anyone has any present questions. Or do we we can also stick around. No. Cool. You yes, can find us. Around. We will we'll be we'll, around for the rest of the day. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah, we will. You can find us here in the room, in the conference room. Um, and you can find us at Third Wave Urban on Twitter, at Black Urbanist. She's at Think underscore Katrina. And we thank you for letting us take some time and do our show here at NACDO. Yeah, make some noise, guys. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys.